Welcome to the Fluorescence Podcast. I am your host, Felicia All. The aim of the game here is that these insightful conversations will empower you to expand your mind so that you are one step closer to living your dream life. Fluorescence means to develop richly and fully, and I hope each episode inspires you to do just that. Let's get into it. In this ep, I chat with Christina Tubera. She is 26 years old and based in New York. She has a degree in information systems and currently works as a sales engineer for a fintech company. Fun fact, she is the first woman, person of colour and the youngest employee they've ever hired. I am absolutely living for this. Last year, when Christina was jobless during the pandemic, she really started to look into how she could make money outside of the 9 to 5. This is where her own personal finance and wealth creation journey really began. Now she educates and inspires her online community where she shares tips and advice on investing and creating generational wealth. I love seeing Christina's passion for these topics and the commitment she has to her online community. She is truly an inspiration. She is an absolute wealth of knowledge. And yeah, you guys are going to absolutely love this ep. I can't wait for you guys to listen. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Fluorescence Podcast. I have my very first international guest today. She is based in New York. Her name is Christina Tubera. How are you, Christina? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for your time and we managed to get the time zone differences matching up so that we could organize this chat today. We will start off with a question that I ask every one of my guests and it is, what is your favorite quote and why? So my favorite quote is life hands you a blank check and you write down the number in it. And so the reason why I like that is because a lot of us have this mindset that of course has probably been passed down from generation to generation or just from, you know, schooling that you have to work, you know, a nine to five and that your salary is capped. That's not necessarily true because money can be made from thin air as long as you look for the opportunities and really seek out others who have that same mindset. So that's basically how we found each other. We're both seeking out these opportunities and trying new things so that we can create the wealth that we want rather than having it given to us from a salary. Oh, I love that. It's kind of what I take away from that is like, you have the opportunity to write your story however you want and you don't yeah. need to do everything the same way that those have before you whether that's your family or just society in general and the opportunities in the world are endless I love that yeah definitely so that's my favorite quote I always try to keep that in mind whenever you know I get burnt out with my projects I work a nine-to-five job I mean, I have a really robust social life and nightlife living in New York City now that everything is open um, in New York. So it's really hard to balance it. However, if you just keep that goal in mind, you'll be financially free. Um, and hopefully I can you know, create that generational wealth for my future children as well. Amazing. And I think it's really important that you mentioned that as well. Like that is something that you refer to when times are tough or when you're feeling mm -hmm. a bit low energy and kind of like, I'm so burnt out. What's the point? And to be able to come back to that is kind of like coming back to your why, right? And just mm -hmm, exactly. really remembering what's important to you and your values. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Cool. All right. We'll get into it. For those of the first thing we'll do is I'll get you to tell us a little bit about yourself and what keeps you busy for those listeners that don't know who you are. Okay, perfect. So 
I'm Christina Tubera, and I live in New York City. I am 26 years old. I currently work at a fintech startup as a sales engineer. And fun fact, I was the first woman, first person of color, and also the youngest person to be hired. So I um, definitely love, you know, putting a diversity in the areas that they need to and inspiring young people, especially young women, to, to break into the fintech space. In my free time, I teach young people how to invest um, and also a lot of personal finance, because what I realized is that our school system does not teach us how to invest our money and to create more income with the income that we're already getting. A lot of my girlfriends are very confused about the stock market. They don't know what Robinhood is. They don't know what mutual funds or ETFs or anything under that nature is. And now with the growing crypto space, people are even more confused. And so it's my job, or at least my passion, to spread the news in a way that's understandable, right? Because if you look at people who teach personal finance, or if you look at a lot of these Instagram pages, it's kind of nerve wracking. It's all pretty much men led. Um, I used to go on, what's that group? Uh, Clubhouse? Do you ever Oh, yeah. Listening to people's conversations? Exactly. Yeah. There'd be a lot of crypto um, or just finance fintech people in that space. However, it's so nerve wracking to, ha- to get a word in because, you know, 99% of people are men who have a finance degree. And so I don't have a finance degree. I have an information systems degree and I taught myself a lot of these things. So it's nice to have everything broken down and kind of available in bite-sized chunks for everyone. So that's what I do in my free time. And I've been able to invest a lot and be able to help um, others as well. Amazing. Just before I respond, I'll just quickly ask you, for those that don't know, what is fintech? Oh, fintech is financial technology. So if you think about finance, you think about your big banks, Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley. And then technology has been more ingrained into our day-to-day life, as in your smartphones, being able to trade on Robinhood, being able to input an order for, um, let's say, a stock um, on your phone. So the two worlds of finance and technology are combining. And so what my company does specifically is combine that even more. So that's why they call it FinTech. Gotcha. Cool. Awesome. Thank you so much for explaining that. There is a yeah, a little bit of things that you're saying that are jargon for me, but I'm sure we'll, oh, right. we'll get into it more. And I'm thinking maybe we need a episode just about investing and crypto just to really dive mm-hmm. deep into those. I would love to know what is the what was the catalyst for your own personal finance journey? Because it's clear to see that it's not something that you studied at university mm-hmm. and it's something that you've just been self-motivated to learn about so it would be cool to know how that all started exactly so I my first job was a software engineer at Goldman Sachs so that was a great I guess pivot into my first peaking my, my interest in finance however I realized after I had left that job that I didn't know much about personal finance so I knew all about you know this to the analysis or kind of how to understand the difference between like a stock or an ETF, but I didn't really know how to manage my own money. And even my friends who work at big banks as well didn't know how to manage their own money too. And once the pandemic hit, a lot of people were hit financially because Mm -hmm. they didn't have the proper resources to know how to budget 
how to have an emergency fund to save. And then also their investments were all down. So I took it upon myself to really do a lot of research because I myself was, you know, struggling just as a lot of people were because the whole market was down, everything was crashing. And that's how I started getting into it. It wasn't until this year, January 2021, where I really wanted to start a community. So I put myself on TikTok, on Instagram, and just really started creating content that I felt was good to know that people, uh, millennials or Gen Z probably should know, but were never taught. Mm. And it just started to become a bigger and bigger community. I have a lot of friends who were following it. A couple of my friends started to invest just because of the things that I was telling them or walking them through how to open up a brokerage account. And then in, I think, September 20, yeah, this September, one of my TikToks went viral and I got 4,000 more followers. I had more book sales um, and we're just able to grow this community because I realized there's a need in this market. That is such a, an amazing journey. And just to think like how quickly it all came to be. And I'm sure like there was a lot of behind the scenes and years of work and personal development and experiences and opportunities that led to this point. But it is so cool to see you succeed. And I was looking at your Instagram reels the other day and I saw one of them was like over a million or almost two two or something. And I was like, oh my gosh. And it's just, it's great to see that that kind of content is being received well in the Mm -hmm. community. And it does go to show, right, that it is content and information that is needed and it's definitely something that I'm seeing more of on especially in social media Mm -hmm. around personal finance and self and personal development and it is Mm -hmm. really things that we weren't taught in school that need to be and I think we will get to a point within the traditional education system where more of these hopefully fingers crossed where more of these topics Mm -hmm. are brought into just the general education curriculum but for now there's people like you that are are spreading your knowledge and sharing it with others and I think you do such a great way of making it really simple and easy to understand Mm -hmm. because as you mentioned like historically it has been a lot of white older men that have (laughs) shared a lot of this knowledge and it's hard to be relatable so to see someone (laughs) like you and, and that you're so knowledgeable in this space it makes others feel like oh maybe I could do that too and so Mm -hmm. I would love to know like what what was it was there a trigger point for you that made you want to start sharing your knowledge with others on social media and creating your online community yeah honestly the pandemic like I think it took a toll on everyone mentally and Mm. I was actually jobless for um, part of the pandemic so I had a job lined up right after I quit or after I had left my um, other job at one of the banks and they took that offer away because of the pandemic. Um, I guess New York got hit in early February and that's when it was I was supposed to start. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of wondering, like, what do I do in my free time here and there? And, you know, I had um, extra cash laying around. Thank goodness. Um, And I was like able to kind of do my research of like, okay, if I don't have a job, how else do people create um, income, you know, off of a couple of investments. And so that's how I started dabbling it. It wasn't until I had a stressful point in time where it was a bit of fight or flight mode Mm -hmm. um, that I really pulled the trigger and started doing serious research. And I think that happens for a lot of things. It, It isn't until you go through something very difficult 
are very tough, that's going to push you towards the right direction. Because if you're comfortable, if you're happy, which is great, we all want to be like, you know, uh, even keel and really relaxed. But, you know, it's those times where things take a toll on us, everything hits all at once, that you do bloom into something uh, that can actually turn into a really great project or some self um, reflection or some insight. I think it's really easy to go through life and not question anything, but it's those times where you're by yourself, you feel in the dark, you feel underwater, that you can really self reflect and choose the path for you because you've already hit rock bottom and you have nothing else to lose. So I think that was one of the uh, big triggering points, both kind of mentally, emotionally and, mm. and everything. I don't think that was just me. I think a lot of people during the pandemic, like so many people are now TikTok famous or have quit their jobs to do social media or online marketing their, the whole time because they were put in a position where they had nothing else or nothing else to do but succeed, but to go um, you know, up from there. Mm, I love that you mentioned that and I think it is so important as well and also like it's so inspiring to see that you have gone through such a hard time and were able to change it into something positive and Mm. use that as fuel for your fire because as you said if you stay comfortable and then you'll just remain complacent and it's not till we get faced with a very difficult challenge in our lives that people are like oh what can I actually learn from this and you definitely Mm -hmm. have to be in the right mindset and have the right tools and techniques to be able to flip the situation like that but Mm -hmm. I think that is yeah super important to mention and I think yeah a lot of people did have those kind of revelations last year and something Mm -hmm. that I've been seeing a lot of this year actually is I don't know if you've heard of the great resignation where a lot of millennials and Gen Z's are are quitting their jobs or just realizing that there's so much more to life than the nine to five and staying in a job for 40 years working 40 hours a week like when you think about it we like live at work like there's just so much time put into Mm -hmm. our jobs and a lot of people fail to realize how much that can affect your mental health and your mind mindset Mm -hmm. outside of work and I'm totally on the same wavelength like I definitely do not want to be working in the corporate space for for -hmm. 40 years I want to figure out a lifestyle that works for me and as we mentioned before when we were just chatting before we started recording like for me I'm just trying everything at the moment and experimenting Mm -hmm. and seeing what works for me and I think I am still in that point where I'm like oh I don't know what's going to work for me but I know if I keep trying that Mm -hmm. I am going to get my quote-unquote like big break or something like that and Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of trial and error isn't it yeah definitely like I think that the school system's basically teach us how to be good workers not good thinkers we don't have enough I guess not psychology classes but philosophy classes Mm. where we're challenged about how we grew up or the values that we have or why we want to work for a certain corporation and why that's so like upwardly held like when I told my parents oh my first job is at Goldman Sachs they were ecstatic you know and then when I had the job I was like this is you know, at least for me, like this isn't for everyone, but like for me, it was horrible. I was working, you know, like 12 hours a day, sometimes even more. And I couldn't even be myself. Like I'm normally very peppy and bubbly and like 
you know, just really girly and things like that. But I, I had to put on a different persona and just putting on a different face or a different um, personality is just taxing mentally. Mm-hmm. And imagine that, that you're there for probably 14 hours a day. And then you have what, eight hours to sleep and then two hours to hang out with your friends. So the majority of your day, yes, you're working, but you're also pretending to be someone else. And like, that's something that we're, at least society, at least within Asian Americans, we're not, um, you know, really taught to embrace that side. We're not taught to think about, hey, where's a good personality fit? And just, you know, again, with at least from my background, I'm sure a lot of immigrants can talk about this as well. Our parents want us to be doctors, lawyers, or engineers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I thought I fulfilled that stereotype and I thought I would make my parents happy. But in, in fact, they're like, wow, like, Christina, like you actually seem pretty sad. I'm like, well, this is what you had wanted. Mm-hmm. And this is what I had been, you know, taught from our, from our, you know, not our ancestors, but, you know, just, just a little bit of like different pressure. And so I think it's important for school systems to really tell our kids, like, you know, there are jobs out there um, that, that can, you know, be mentally happy as well. Mm, that is so true what you mentioned about like kind of putting on like a facade or a mask while you're Mm -hmm. at work just as you were talking about that I kind of reflected on how I present myself in my different kind Mm -hmm. of areas of life and I think I definitely am more reserved at work than Mm -hmm. I really am as a person like authentically and I've never actually thought about it until you mentioned that and that would totally be so taxing on on the mind and your Mm -hmm. mental health because you're not being your true authentic self so I think that's something I definitely Mm -hmm. need to reflect on after this episode but Mm -hmm. a lot of people probably do that right they try and fit into different areas of their life depending on who they're around especially women like I you know my mom so I compete in pageants I was a a cheerleader Um, I'm very very girly like Mm. I did you know I still compete in pageants but I never felt comfortable telling anyone um, because of the way I would be perceived because there wasn't enough women you know that was hired at my company and so you know I just find it ridiculous how what I do in my free time is going to reflect how I you know, performing or perceived at this job, because, you know, from the conversations that we've had here, and like, you know, that my Instagram, or just my personal Instagram, I'm able to fit multiple, um, like fit multiple personalities, or um, have different interests, and women should also too, my friend showed me this TikTok, actually, Um, it was this woman, and she's gorgeous, blonde woman, and she's like, you know, I work and invest in banking, but I like to get drunk on the weekends. I like to wear a bikini. I like taking shots with my friends. We shouldn't have to be one way all the time. And I think that the old fashioned, you know, rigidness of corporate America, mm-hmm. especially in finance needs to, needs to stop because the billionaires that are up and coming right now are crypto billionaires. We're having millennials or even Gen Z, people who are, you know, 18 to 25 getting millions of dollars on Instagram, TikTok, and crypto. And so the people who are going to be managing their money need to be relatable and should be also embracing the whole personality that um, that we bring to the table. Mm, that is so true. And it makes me think a little bit about my fiance, actually. He, uh, He's a qualified like mechanic, like car technician, currently in car mm-hmm. sales. 
but absolutely like loves everything to do with finance and like you guys mm-hmm. would get on really well he's on his crypto he's watching those grass and stuff every minute of the day yeah. I don't fully understand it it's something I definitely want to learn more about okay. and it's something I need to prioritize time in he eventually want to be like a financial advisor or something like that mm-hmm. and he's noticing that when he talks to others in the industry other industry professionals to kind of get some advice on where he should kind of go as he develops his career he's noticing that again there are a lot of them are old and very rigid and stuck in their ways and not relatable at all to young people so we're definitely Mm -hmm. seeing a gap in the market for advisors that will be able to cater towards young people like us that are a lot more relatable and can kind of understand Mm -hmm. where we're coming from. So yeah, that is actually such a good point. Yeah, no, I think just the trends of where young millennials are taking their careers, being able to have multiple streams of income, like, you know, not only having a nine to five job, but having like a podcast or a nine to five job. And then, um, you know, owning Airbnbs, like the wealth creation is going to catch up and Mm. they're not going to want an old-fashioned man to tell them to invest in bonds you know that's something that my parents had told me to do and and I did and then I realized like wow I can't get out of bonds now because they're down like 20 percent so if only like we just had someone relatable someone who knew kind of the trends of the market and were I guess more our age they Mm. would be able to, to help out yeah, definitely. I'd like to backtrack a little bit to you being the first um, woman of color and youngest person to be employed where you are. And also, mm-hmm. I just want to talk a little bit about you being an immigrant as well, because my family is too. My grandparents, they migrated from Fiji in the Pacific Islands mm-hmm. to New Zealand. And I also have a lot of that pressure as well, <clears throat> like get a good job mm-hmm. and a mm-hmm. nice stable job and get married have kids and that's all you're going to do and just the Mm -hmm. way I think it's just so different to my grandparents love them to death but things are changing and so I'd love to know Mm -hmm. were there any challenges that you've experienced through being like the first woman of color that you had to work through within your job or even like within within your family dynamic that yeah you had Mm -hmm. to overcome yeah I think I'm very thankful that my company um is really great and there's a lot of um you know, respect for me and and my age and and everything like that. I will say that people outside of the company, uh, clients who, because I I face a lot of portfolio managers, hedge funds, um, high frequency traders, quants, that kind of uh, area, which is fine because I, you know, used to be client facing at a bulge bracket bank as well. Um, People will hear my voice and because of the lack of diversity on the rest of the team, they will call me like a little girl or, you know, I would probably think I'm a secretary, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's, you know, I, I have a lot of function in my, in my job. I was hired as this position, you know, and I'm not respected as such. And so it, it's that's why diversity within a company is important. Because if they see three women and two men, as opposed to five men and one woman, they're not going to make those assumptions. Um, So I will say that the Bulge Bracket Bank that I worked at definitely did a good job. I worked with three women um, who were 24, 25, and 26. And our manager was like a 
an older man. However, we would take the clients out. We would be on the phone calls. I would answer the, the messages. And there was no question because of the diversity on the team. So that that's a little thing. Um, you know, there's also just a big imposter syndrome that I have um, just because I compare myself a lot to the other people um, at the company. But I, how can a 25 year old compare someone who has had 25 years of experience? And that's something that's very taxing. Um, it's a little bit difficult for me. And, you know, I always try to tell my bosses, too, like it's a little difficult for me to ask for help because he obviously knows the answer. He has been in this industry for as long as I've been alive. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot of um, discrepancies there. Um, and then I guess in my personal life with my parents, like in college, they were just really hard on me, but you know, I've been pretty financially independent. I haven't really needed to ask them for money in any way. I've been off their insurance for a very long time. And I wanted it that way because I wanted to prove to them, you know, like I can make my own decisions. Um, they were a bit disappointed when I had left, um, you know, a big bank because they lost that name. But if anything now, like they're very proud of the accomplish accomplishments that I've had. Like I have a book, I have this, you know, I'm be I have enough, um, I guess I'm blessed enough to be able to fly them out for a vacation. So, you know, like they just take time. Um, especially kind of parents in that industry or industry in that, um, you know, immigrant parents. But, you know, at the end of the day, like if, if they can't get it through their head, that shouldn't be my problem. I definitely went to, you know, a lot of therapy about it. I talked to a lot of other immigrant children and like, why do I never feel enough? And like, that's normal. We are taught never to feel enough so that we would never have to immigrate ourselves and start from scratch. And so I get the fight or flight instinct of protecting your family but we're not in a fire or flight environment anymore. There's social um, impact groups that can help immigrants. Like it's not necessarily the way that it was in the seventies. Uh, people are more woke and more open and like willing to, I think, um, be open to, to immigrants now. At least, you know, that's, that's how I feel. Like I, I can't speak for all of the world, but I mean, like I, Gen Z is very sensitive um, and, you know, there's a cancel culture, which is, I think is horrible, but you know, they call out people for things that in the past, they probably would have kept quiet. Sorry. Mm -hmm. I think I ranted a little bit there. No, that's so. okay. Thank you so much for, for sharing that with us. And I think, yeah, it's just a really important conversation to have. So I just wanted mm -hmm. to get your perspective and insight on it because you won't definitely won't be the the only one and and I loved that you mentioned that you found it a lot easier when there was more diversity and I think mm -hmm. that is something that like managers and recruiters can take on board that to make like a minority feel more comfortable and credible in the workplace that you do have to have mm -hmm. that kind of overall diversity rather than just having the token one person here you go that's our yeah. diversity so yeah for, for yeah. the employee's well-being yeah definitely and you know I do have a very like everyone sees my my resume and they're like wow this is amazing and so you know some people will say like oh you only got hired because you're a woman I'm like well look at my resume look at things I've done people will play that card as well and I'm sure you understand as a woman in your industry, like there's so many different ways that like, you could like feel like attacked. And, you know, I'm just trying to stay the course and like try to stay strong and, you know, things like this, like this podcast, like broadcasting it. So other people who feel the same way can understand that they're not alone. 
Mm, for sure. Thank you so much for sharing that. And yeah. Yes, it's so important. We will switch back to finance chat. Mm-hmm. I, I'd love to know <laughs> uh, where is the best place for someone to start when they know nothing about finance and wealth creation? So not to put in a plug, but I definitely have a book. Um, <laughs> I did write a book and I made it very, very simple for people who don't know where to start. Um, as in, I literally walk you through step-by-step how to choose a brokerage account. Brokerage account is just where you choose um, and you buy stocks or ETFs. Then I walk you through you know, how to transfer money into it, how to determine like how much risk you can take on how to create like a portfolio strategy. Like um, there's this, uh, it's called the hundred rule where you subtract a hundred minus your age. And that gives you the percentage of how much you should be investing in stocks um, and how much versus bonds. I talk about cryptocurrency. I talk about stable investments. I talk about passive income. Um, So honestly, like I've told a lot of my girlfriends who literally know nothing to just read that book and then ask me questions for free because I do um, do like one-on-one consulting or one-on-one tutoring, but it's really hard to tutor someone if they literally don't have the foundations. And so that's a very good start. Just buy the book and then DM me. Um, I guess another good resource is Google, but um, you know, that's overwhelming. Like some people, I wouldn't even know where to start. The only reason why I know where to start is because, you know, I've had a little bit of experience in finance. So looking at your favorite um, finance influencers on Instagram, like kind of looking through what they suggest, but there's so much information out there. It's better to have it kind of in one source and then have your basics. And then from there, then you can do the research because it's hard to research kind of a whole industry when you don't even know the difference between an ETF or a mutual fund, or you don't know what Bitcoin is in comparison to like Dogecoin. Or you don't know where to buy cryptocurrency and you don't know where to buy stocks because there's different apps for each one. And a lot of people make the mistake of just trying to cram everything and then try to learn it quickly without really having a good you know, foundation. cool I think that's amazing advice and definitely plug the shit out of all your projects yeah I know (laughs) that's what this is about so thank you so much for sharing that and we um I'll link it down in the show notes as well for everyone to to look into the last question I have for you is and besides obviously your amazing book that you've written what is your favorite book that has helped you on your own personal development journey um I have two so there's one called the defining decade I highly suggest anyone who is below the age of 30, well, actually below 35, to read this book. It's not just about finance, but it's about basically creating the life you want and being intentional. It's so easy. And I've done this too, don't get me wrong. Like when I was like 18 or like in college, I was like, oh, like I'm just going to party all the time because I'm 21, you know, and I still have time, which is great. We do have time. It's important to enjoy your life. But you, you need to be intentional about where you're putting your energy. And, and my friends do this too. We can waste so much time on TikTok. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but how is that making you a better person? How is that challenging you? And so like, you know, I try to cater my TikTok to like, you know, finance or like things where I can like learn things here and there. But a lot of people just shut off their brain because they're so overwhelmed with like daily life of like, you know, working a nine to five job that they hate that they can't reflect. And so I think the one part that I really love that book is being intentional with your time, your energy, 
and your purpose. Because before you know it, you're going to be 35, 45, and you're looking back and be like, what happened? Like, yes, I had a lot of good times, which is great. But like, I want to be able to die and tell God like, okay, I used everything that you gave me. And if I stayed at that bank and worked 14 hours a day and turned off my personality and just became a corporate slave, I'd be so rich, but I wouldn't be able to touch lives. I wouldn't be able to spread a story of, hey, I was bullied growing up. And then this is what, you know, this is what bullying like did to me. And then now I got over it. Or, hey, I was a woman in the workforce and someone called me a little girl, but now I'm moving past it. And that's basically like the whole point of the book. It's just being intentional with your life. And the second book is called Think and Grow Rich. And that basically is training your brain to look at every opportunity as a business opportunity and to not let society or corporate America put you in a box of, okay, this is who you are and this is what you're going to be as a worker. So definitely those two books are just big life-changing books, mental changers, and will really develop you into the person that you want to become. Amazing. This, those yeah. both sound like two fantastic books, ones that I have heard of but haven't read. I love that you mentioned around like we all think that we have a lot of time as well because a lot of the, the listeners, they are around that probably – 18 to 30 year old bracket and it is Mm -hmm. true you're like I'm young I'm just gonna do my own thing have fun Mm -hmm. but especially in terms of like wealth creation and finance like with compounding right you want time to be on Mm -hmm. your side and a lot of people Mm -hmm. think like oh I'll just start that when I'm 30 or when I'm 40 Mm -hmm. but you can start early and it can be so achievable you know if it's just like fifty dollars a week that you put away and then once you get to a thousand dollars you think oh where am I going to invest this it can be so achievable Mm -hmm. and accessible and especially in this day and age with all the different platforms that are available for young people like us to invest in crypto and invest in stocks Mm -hmm. back in the day it used to be so hard you had to go through a broker and it used to just be very very inaccessible for young people but I think that is so important to mention because we all start somewhere and generally Mm -hmm. we all start small and that is so okay. Like you don't need to start and be like, I've got a hundred thousand dollars now. How am I going to invest? Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. Like just being intentional, starting early and then just reflecting like, okay, well, I see this investment is going well. Like what else can I invest in that like seems great? Or even just like with friendships too. Like I took from that book, it was a lot less more like finance. It was more like personal, I guess. And, you know, it made me reflect. I'm like, okay, am I really being intentional with my actions or am I just doing what my parents wanted me to do? Or am I really enjoying my time with these friends? Do I see a future with them? Or am I just passing the time because it's fun to be drunk and party? Or even with a boyfriend, like, oh God, like <laughs> this, this is really, really thought to me because I was like, oh, do I really see a future with this person? or I may just lonely at the moment. And, you know, it's a lot of reflection because the 20s are going to be the hardest, most, you know, transformative times of of your life. And anything that you don't like about yourself, you, you need to change as soon as you can, because by the time you're 40 or 50, it's locked into your personality and it will be so much harder to change. Our brain is still developing now. So we're growing and we're learning. We're trying new things. We're heading towards... Um, you know, new adventures. Whereas when we're 40, we might be too afraid or might not have the financial means to do so. 
Yes, yes, I fully agree with that. And especially around the piece, like all those questions you ask, like, do I really want to be around these people? Do I like this job? Is this the partner I want for life? Those are all very hard questions, right? And it takes a lot of bravery and courage to be able to sit down and reflect and be like, am I on the path that I want to be on? And Mm -hmm. I definitely reckon like your 20s, and I've mentioned this a couple of times in the ep, like the time for experimentation and just seeing what you really like and and I feel like when we are around that 18 to probably 21 22 mark that's when we've left our childhood we Mm -hmm. have left having parents tell us what to do and teachers telling us Mm -hmm. what to do I saw something the other day like we don't know how to keep ourselves personally accountable because when you're at school you have to ask to go to the bathroom you have to um I went to a, a Catholic school you know we had a uniform we all <laughs> the same and and that's just how we've grown up and to break a lot of that conditioning does take a lot of time and bravery and very hard and a work and I think yeah that's an amazing message to leave this episode on that your 20s your 30s really your whole life it's all about experimentation isn't it but to be able to realize that I'm actually not happy in this certain situation relationship Mm -hmm. job and being able to act on that is so important yeah Mm. definitely intentional and acting when you know it's not the right thing for you and believing in that in that feeling that you have even though the whole world's telling you it's not true so definitely awesome well thank you so much Christina for gifting your time to me and the listeners I think they're all going to really love this ep and I will grab all the details off you around your links of where people can find you so they can yeah jump into your dms if they have any questions around finance or your own personal journey and yeah once again I just like to say thank you so much yeah and I can create like a a code so that people can have a discount like all your followers can have a discount on my book I just have to go on my website and kind of generate that but yeah they'll have like amazing thank you so much yeah of course um no this is really great I am so happy that you reached out to me um and just being able to learn so much from you and yeah have this conversation Thank you so much for spending time with me and investing time into yourself. What a testament to your growth and future you. If you loved this ep, please leave me a review and connect with me on Insta. I can't wait to have you a part of the Fluorescence community.